Chapter 1 Bad Man's Death and Its Awful Consequences Good morning, my good neighbor, Mr. Attentive. Where are you walking so early this morning? You look like you're concerned about something out of the ordinary. Have you lost some of your cattle? Or what's the matter? Good morning to you, Mr. Wiseman. I haven't lost any cattle, but you've guessed right about me. I'm concerned in my heart because of the badness of the times. And you, sir, as all our neighbors know, are a very observant man. So what do you think about them? I agree with you that they are bad times, and they will stay bad until people are better because bad people make bad times. For that reason, if people would change for the good, so would the times. It is foolish to look for good days so long as sin is so rampant and as long as those who set their minds on its instruction are so many. May God bring it down, along with those who promote it, to repentance. Then, my good neighbor, you will be concerned, but not like you are now. Now you're concerned because times are so bad, but then it will be because times are so good. At this time, your concern leaves you perplexed. But then you will be so excited that you'll lift up your voice with shouting, because, I dare say, if you could see such days, they would make you shout. Yes, they would. I've prayed and longed for such times, but I fear things will get worse before they get better. Well, make no hasty judgment, because he who has the hearts of men in his hand can change them from worse to better and from bad times into good. God give long life to those who are good, and especially to those capable of doing him service in the world. The ornament and beauty of this lower world, next to God and his wonders, are the people who sparkle and shine with godliness. As Mr. Wiseman said this, he let out a great sigh. Amen, amen. But why do you sigh so deeply, good sir? Is it for nothing else than the same thing you can see I'm concerned about myself? I'm in agreement about the badness of the times, but that's not the reason for that sigh you heard. I sighed as I thought about the death of that man for whom the bell tolled in our town yesterday. I trust your neighbor, Mr. Goodman, isn't dead. To be sure, I heard he'd been sick. No, no, it's not him. If it had been, I wouldn't have been concerned like I am now. If he had died, I would only have felt concerned because the world lost a light. But the man I'm concerned about now was one who was never good. And, as such a man, he is not only dead, but also damned. He died that he might die the second death. He went from life to death, and then from death to death from death natural to death eternal. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and fornicators and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Revelation 21 verse 8 As he said this, tears brimmed in his eyes. To go from a deathbed to hell is undeniably a fearful thing to think about. But good neighbor, wise man, please tell me who this man was, and why you suppose him to be so miserable in his death. 
Well, if you can stay, I'll tell you who he was and why I presume this about him. My free time allows me to stay, and I like to hear you out. I pray to God that what you say can take hold of my heart, so I can be bettered by it. The two of them agreed to sit down under a tree, and Mr. Wiseman proceeded with his discussion. The man I'm talking about is Mr. Badman. He lived in our town a long time, and now, as I said, he's dead. But the reason for my being so concerned about his death is not that he was related to me in any way, or that any benefits died with him. That's the furthest thing from my concerns. For as I hinted at earlier, what I greatly fear is that he has died two deaths at once. I understand what you mean by two deaths at once. And to tell the truth, it's a fearful thing to think along these lines, about anyone who dies in such a state. For although the death of the ungodly and sinners is applied to the heart of only a few, yet such a state is more dreadful and fearful than any man can imagine. Without a doubt, if a man had no soul, if his state was not truly immortal, it wouldn't matter so much. But for a man to be set in place by his Maker— and decreed an intelligent, discerning being forever, and for him, too, to fall into the hands of avenging justice, which will last forever to the greatest extreme that his sin deserves, punishing him in the dismal dungeon of hell. This must be unspeakably sad and regrettable. I don't think there's any person who is truly aware of the significance of one's soul but when a person hears about the death of unconverted men, he must be stricken with sorrow and grief because, as you said, that man's state is such that he is an intelligent, discerning being forever. For the soul has the capacity to perceive by the intellect. It can fear and discern which makes punishment heavy. The damned can reason, too, and just as intellect and discernment let the soul receive punishment with sorrow, because it feels and bleeds, so by reason, in the midst of torment, all present affliction is aggravated in three ways. First, reason will reflect with the person in this way. Why am I tormented like this? And with no trouble he will know the reason. It's for nothing but that corrupt and filthy thing, sin. Now, annoyance and frustration will mix with punishment, and that will greatly heighten the suffering. Second, reason will ponder the situation, and the person will ask himself, how long must this be my state of affairs? But as quickly as he asks the question, the answer returns to him, this must be my state forever and ever. Now this will greatly increase the torment. And as a result, thirdly, reason will ask, what more have I lost besides comfort and peace here and now by the sins I've committed? And this answer will quickly return to him. I have lost fellowship with God, Christ, saints, and angels, and a share in heaven and eternal life. This also will greatly increase the misery of poor damned souls. And this is the case of Mr. Badman. The very thought of coming into such a state disturbs my heart. Hell! Who still alive knows what the torments of hell are? This word hell has a very dreadful sound. Yes, 
So it does to the ears of him who has a tender conscience. But if the very name of hell is so dreadful as you say, and which is true, then what is the situation like there? Punishments inflicted upon the souls of damned men there are without even a short break. They go on forever and ever. My leisure time will allow me to stay beyond this. Therefore, please tell me what it is that makes you think Mr. Badman has gone to hell. I will tell you, attentive. But first, do you know which of the badmans I mean? There's more of them than one. Oh, yes, a great many, both brothers and sisters, and yet they are all the children of a godly parent, which makes it all the more a great pity. Which of them was it that died? The eldest, old in years and old in sin. But he who sins at one hundred years of age shall be accursed. Isaiah 65, verse 20. But what makes you think he's gone to hell? His wicked life and fearful death, especially since the manner of his death so corresponded with his life. But did he die? Please tell me, since you know. I was there when he died. But as long as I live, I never want to see another man die in such a way as he did. Please tell me, I want to hear it. You say you have time, so if you desire, we will talk about him in an orderly fashion. First, we will begin with his life and work our way toward his death, because an account of the facts about the first part of his life may affect you even more when you hear about the second. Did you know his life so well? I knew him as a child. I was a man when he was just a boy and I made special observation of him from the beginning to the end. Please let me hear the account of his life from you then, but be as brief as you can, because I need to hear about his death. 